he got down on his knees and prayed as he had done previously. This is a line from Daniel, Daniel 6, and that's what we're going to talk today. We're going to talk today because many of you may have heard the story of Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, a very famous story. Maybe you heard it in Bible school or at Sunday school, like when you were a kid, maybe you saw the flannel graph of you're as old as me, and they put the little pictures up, and there were Daniel and the lions and all the things, um, or maybe you've never heard this story. Either way, I think this is an important story, and it's an important story because Daniel... I mean, the spoiler is that when Daniel was in the lion's den, the lions didn't eat him, which is weird because lions eat everything, right? But in this story, God provides for Daniel, and Daniel doesn't get eaten by the lions. That's amazing. But there's something more going on in this story, and the something more is the faithfulness of Daniel. So I want to talk about the faithfulness of Daniel because this is the thing like that you can take, hopefully, hopefully. You will never be in a den of lions where they're about to eat you. Hopefully that's the case. I mean, for most of us, that's probably the case. So maybe you don't relate to this story. But there is something here that you can relate to. And it is God's faithfulness and then your faithfulness and what you do about that. So we're going to look at that a little bit today out of Daniel 6. Welcome to Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard. Let's get started. Thanks for coming to Church Public. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, you can go to churchpublic.com, check out some previous episodes, and of course, you can get it on all of the podcast places. You can check me out on social media as well, where I post pretty frequently, especially on Instagram at this point, just because that's what I'm doing. At any rate, today we're talking about Daniel, and we're talking about Daniel because this is one of the stories that I've been reviewing. I read through the Bible in a year, every year, and just kind of keep going around and around, and mostly I like the New Testament. I'm just a New Testament guy, a bunch of Greek books on the shelf. I just like Greek. I like New Testament. Um, I will admit freely, I was terrible at Hebrew. I learned it. I'm terrible at it still. Greek, I love. I love the nuance of the language. So I don't spend a whole lot of time in the Old Testament, but I make myself read through the Old Testament and the New Testament, the whole Bible, every year. Why? Because it's important. It's important because you may not love the stories of the Old Testament. You may not love reading through Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, but there are things in there that God put in there for a reason, and they're good for us. They're good for us to understand. So I've been going through uh, different parts, and and Daniel just popped up on my reading list. So I read through this, and I went, huh, that's something that I knew but was reminded of and thought maybe some of us might want to be reminded of as well. So that's where I'm coming from on this story, the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Now, again, if you grew up in church at all, like I did, you may have heard of Daniel and the lion's den. If you didn't grow in church, uh, you may not have heard of this story, or you may have, because it's kind of a famous story. I mean, if you think anything Bible, you may have heard of Daniel and the lion's den. So we're looking at that, and we're looking at um, Daniel chapter 6, and we're looking at this. And, and just to give a little background in the story, because I think that's important, and you should go read this for yourself. It's a, it's a good story to read through for sure. There, Daniel is an Israelite. He's a Hebrew that was abducted, taken from his homeland, like a bunch of the other Israelites. And I'm not going to get into the historical uh, story of the Israelites and that whole thing today. We'll talk about that some other time, maybe. But um, he is regarded by the leaders in this new place, in this new land. 
And actually, he survives through several leaders. And there's another leader, and, and he's still doing really good and, and kind of <clears throat> a leader among leaders who is a foreigner. That's important to remember, obviously, in the story. And people don't like that. They don't like that about him because he is worshiping to them a foreign god. He's worshiping the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the god of the Bible that we know, the Old Testament at the time, and now the god as um, concluded through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So these people who just don't like Daniel say, we're going to get him. And they literally examine his life. <clears throat> and this is the beginning of six. I'm going to summarize it a little bit. They examine his life and they get to this point. This is, um, this is chapter six, verse five. We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So they're looking for something to, to accuse him of, something that he's done wrong, and I think that's one of those interesting things, especially in light of this cancel culture that we talked about before, we'll continue to talk about because it's not new. We talked about Nehemiah the other day. You can go listen to the Nehemiah study. And of course, Jesus obviously was canceled. There's so many, uh, there's so many uh, evidences of people being canceled. I mean, if you follow God, people are going to not like you. Here's another example. People didn't like Daniel. So they're looking for something to accuse him of. They can't find anything because Daniel is an upright, outstanding guy who's following after God's law, which consequently, by the way, if you haven't figured out already, if you follow after God, you're going to live a moral and a good life. And people aren't going to be able to accuse you of all the kinds of weird sins and debauchery and things that people are accused of these days. But they still might not like you. And that's where we get to this point in the story where they're like, but we don't like him. And so we want to get rid of him. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to trick someone into making the worship of his God illegal. And the reason the story is important, both then and now, is there are many people today who are trying to do the same things. And we'll come back to news in some other days and some days to come because there's some interesting stories, interesting stories around the world. There's a story in Finland right now, of all places, where a couple of people are being accused uh, of bad things and face jail time and fines. Because they read the Bible, like literally read parts of the Bible. These things are happening. They've, I've brought you some of these before. They continue to go. And that's where it's not China. It's not Iraq. It's not Iran. It's not India. It's not these places where they literally will persecute you for this. And I, I, the other day, I mentioned that Afghanistan is now the number one country for Christian persecution. Anyway, but Finland, the sweet Finland, like they're nice there, right? In Finland and the Nordic countries and Sweden and Norway. Hey, I'm just saying, these things are happening all over the place. And they have been happening for thousands of years. It's nothing new. So we shouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, we should pay attention to it. So what these guys do as they're looking to get rid of Daniel, get him off the scene, accuse him of things, they say, they, they put some things together. And basically, they get the lawyers of the day, right? The lawyers, the judges of the day. They have some interesting names, satraps and administrators and things like that. But they're the lawyers, they're the leaders, they're the politicians of the day. And they get these people together and they put together this law, decree, and give it to the king, King Darius at the time. You can read that again in Daniel 6. And this law says, Anyone who prays to any god or any man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. And of course, that goes to the king's ego, because what person wouldn't want to say, hey, if you bow down to me, you're awesome. And if you don't bow down to me, to the lions you go. And the king's like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And it was a little bit of a trick that these guys did, maybe more than a little bit of a trick, right? And this is what happens. And so 
the king puts it in writing and now once it's in writing and these are kind of like old-timey laws it's not like new laws but it's old-timey laws where once you put it in writing you have to do it even the king even the king though he could like overrule the law that he just wrote he kind of can't and a little bit of that is pride and a little bit of his pomp and circumstance like he he cannot be he cannot change the law once it's happened. And that's a little bit of, of the law of the Medes and Persians. Again, you can read about that. It even says it in verse 8. Like, once he puts this in a law, you can't get rid of the law. Now, this is where we get to Daniel. And this is where we get to the part that I think is the important part for us to know. And then we're going to go through the lion part. Because that's an exciting and interesting part too, right? So, we get to Daniel. And here's what Daniel does. Verse 10. When Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before, just as he had done previously. That's the verse that I started with, and that's what I think is the really important verse here. Just as he had done before, just as he had done previously. What does that mean? And and here's the thing that I want you to understand about your life today. This is the part that I want you to just really internalize and hopefully like like become help it become a part of you um again i hope you're never in a lion's den i hope none of these really bad things these really bad persecutions happen to you what you have to understand is right now right now you're developing habits of either good things or bad things and you can decide what you want to do with those habits. You can decide, are you going to do the good habits that lead you towards a good life? Or are you going to do the bad habits that lead you towards more bad habits? That's just how this works. Uh, Aristotle talked about this. Like the things that you do um, reinforce the things that you do. And then you do more of them. Whether those things are the good things or the bad things. I'm not going to get into the uh, the ethics of that right at this minute. But he talked about the same thing. These are these are just common sense laws if you think about it. There's laws of life, I mean. Not, not laws of the Bible, but just laws of life. If you do something, the more that you do that thing, the more you're going to have ease of doing that thing. It's going to be easy to do that. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Daniel has a habit here, a habit that he's practiced, and his habit happens to be worship. And that habit is, it's based on Jewish law and tradition, but the habit is, I'm going to go, I'm going to open a window, I'm going to look towards the holy city, it happens to be in this case, but where God is, he's going to look to God and pray to God. And he's done that. And it's the habit that he's done. It's the habit that he's going to continue to do, regardless of whatever the king says. He's going to do the thing that's right. He's going to be faithful to God. He's going to follow God's laws and decrees. And he's going to serve and worship God, period, full stop. The king and the bad guys who came in and said, hey, king, do this law because we don't like Daniel. They didn't say that part out loud, right? That's the secret part. We don't like this guy, Daniel, so put this law out and we're going to get him because we know he's a faithful guy. He's faithful to his God and he's not going to change his ways just because you tell him not to because he appears to be very religious, right? This is what these administrators, satraps, right? The politicians, the bad guys of the story. So that's that's the context for what's going on. And then you get to the meat of the story. And again, if you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard this story before. I'll go through it quickly just in case you haven't. But the guys notice Daniel because he's doing it right in the open. He goes up you know, to the window and he's saying, hey, here I am and praying to God. And the people see it and, and they go, hey, King, uh, King Darius, uh, didn't you say the other day, like you wrote this law and the law said, hey, if... Anybody worships or prays to anybody else that's not you, you're going to throw them to the lion's den. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I wrote that. It's good law. You know, I wrote that law. And they're like, well, this guy Daniel over here, 
he's praying to God and it's not you. And so Darius, who likes Daniel, we hear and read in the story, goes, oh man, that's kind of a bummer. And so I have to throw Daniel in the lines then. Again, I'm, I'm skimming through this. You can read it all in, in chapter six of Daniel. It's a great story. Well written. Um, so the king gave the order. They brought Daniel, threw him into the lion's den. That's verse 16. And the king even says to Daniel, this is great, uh, may your God, whom you serve, rescue you. I love that. The king has, like, he's trying to watch out for Daniel, but realizes that he's made this law. He can't unmake the law, which is dumb, but this is just the way of the culture, right? Can't unmake the law. So he throws Daniel into the lions. And he even says, I hope your God is real, and I hope that your God can save you. Now, spoiler alert, if you haven't read through this story, Daniel does not get eaten by the lions. And I don't want to understate the amazing miracle of this story that Daniel does not get eaten by hungry lions. That's huge, right? And that's kind of amazing in the story. But that's really not the point of the story. Yes, God can save Daniel. And we know that God can save Daniel. And we know that God can save you. We know that he can do anything. That's where we kind of rewind back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've talked about them previously. But they were three guys who were thrown at the fire furnace. Kind of similar situation. Nebuchadnezzar a few years previously. And the thing that they said that's really important is... Um, if we, they said, we know God can save us, but even if he doesn't, and that's the thing, they know God can save them. Daniel knew God could save him. I know God can save you from wherever you're going to, but even if he doesn't, and this is the key that I don't want you to miss, even if God doesn't save you from whatever you're going through, it doesn't mean God is any less. It doesn't mean his power is any less doesn't mean you are any less. It just means there's a circumstance, a world, a narrative, a design that you don't know and you don't understand. And God knows more than you. And God knows more than me. And God knows more than Daniel. And God knows more than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And God knows more than anyone because he's God. So we follow after God, not because he can and will save us, because he can, but he might, and he might not save us in these situations. Now, that's, I'm not talking about eternal life. Go back to churchpublic.com, listen to the, to the issue on eternal life, talk about Jesus, I talk about eternal life, I go into the eternal life part of this. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about this life and these circumstances that we're in, because sometimes circumstances of this life, let's face it, are really uncomfortable and bad, and we don't like it, and we don't like being in the circumstances of this life. That's why what we hear that Daniel does is so important, not what he does in the lion's den, which is incredible and an incredible miracle, but that is not the point of the story. The point of the story is giving thanks to God just as he has done previously, as he has always done, as he has done before. Daniel prayed to God. Daniel had a relationship with God. Daniel was not going to give up that relationship with God, the faithfulness to God, the way that he chased after God for anything. He was not going to give that up. Even if the king, the authorities, the rulers, the politicians, the bad guys in the story say, you can't do this or we're literally going to kill you, feed you to the lions, etc. Daniel said, this is who I am. This is what I believe. I believe that God is bigger than me. I believe that God is bigger than you. I believe that God is bigger than the king, I believe that God is bigger than the lions, and he can save me. Now, Daniel doesn't say it in this instance. He doesn't really say much of that. Again, the king said, I hope 
God, your God is powerful and saves you from the lions. And that's actually what ends up happening. And it's amazing. Uh, the king actually comes up after the night and he, it, you just hear it. Uh, my translation says he talks to Daniel in an anguished voice. This is just a great English word. Not all the English words are great, but anguished. That's such a great word. Daniel, servant of the living God, <laughs> was your God able to rescue you? Like, I don't know if he can't see in. I don't know if he can't see what's going on in this in this den, in this cave, in this pit. Um, but he's like, hey, Daniel, are you still there, buddy? Like, anybody? Anybody in there? And, and Daniel responds, King, my God did send his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions, and they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. And I have also not done any wrong before you. Great statement there. He's like, you know, this was kind of a bad situation that you shouldn't really have followed through with because your law was bad and I didn't do any bad and and God didn't accuse me of any bad. But, you know, so Daniel comes out and the bad guys are thrown in and it's kind of like a, a happy ending for all. Um, but again, here's the point. And God may save you from circumstances. God may not save you from circumstances. I don't want you to hear that if you follow after God, all of your dreams are going to come true. That's not this story that's not the purpose. And if you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, many of the letters, many of the apostles, many of the disciples, what happened to them? Their lives did not go great. Jesus' life did not go great from a worldly perspective. There was a lot of death. There was a lot of suffering. There was torture. Like, it may not go great for you. Does that change who God is? Does that change the faithfulness of God? No, not at all. Because God doesn't promise that you're going to have the most best life ever with all of your wildest dreams coming true. He, Jesus does say abundant life. Again, I talk about that in the in the eternity and a couple other uh, podcasts that I've done. And I'm not going to go into that super deep here, but abundant life does not mean you all of your wildest dreams come true. Abundant life means you have a relationship with God and it's a deep and fulfilling relationship and you get to go to eternity in heaven with God in God's presence. Very super simplified answer, but but here's the point that I want you to get, and and this is what happens after. And I think, I think, as I read through this, the reason God spared Daniel was not because God will spare you every time. It's because what Darius did next is he said, I now issue a decree that people in the kingdom, far and wide, must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. He is the living God. He endures forever, talking about God. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues, he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. That's not a Jew talking. It's not a Christian talking. Obviously, Christians weren't invented yet by this point. It's not a believer in God necessarily talking, but this person, this king, believes in God. You hear that language. This person knows that God is real, and that's the miracle that comes out of this, that the king of the land sees Daniel's miracle and then tells everybody, hey, we need to pay attention to this God. This God is real. This God is is something different than the other gods that you guys are serving even me, because again, remember just a few sentences earlier, a few moments earlier, this king was saying, I'm amazing and I might be kind of God, so you should worship me. Remember, that's the same guy. Now he says, hey, God is good. Now, whether he was totally insincere in this, I don't know. And we'll, we won't know. And there's some issues that come later, and, and I'm not going to talk about that right now. You can read through Daniel. It gets <laughs> it gets a little interesting as, as you go on into the prophecies and stuff like that. But I do want to point back to what I think is the really big thing that you should not miss in this. And that is 
faithfulness. The bigger story here is not that God will always rescue you from the lions. I hope I've made that clear. But that when you pursue a relationship with God, God is faithful. And your faith is not dependent on what God does for you, to you, with you, because God is with you. He says that over and over again through lots of scriptures. God is for you. He says that over and over again through lots of different scriptures. God has a plan for you. Uh, God has created works in advance for you to do. That's Jeremiah and Ephesians. Again, I could go through lots of different verses that God loves you and God is love and God wants this relationship with you through his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Um, And that's really the important thing. So create rhythms, habits now of prayer, of reading, of spending time with God so that when these trials come, and they will, hopefully, again, not as bad as being thrown in a lion's den, but when the trials come, and they will, whether that's relationships, whether it's jobs, whether it's school, whether it's financial, like all of these things are probably going to happen to you at some point or maybe all at once because that's how this world tends to go. When that happens, what do you do? Do you fall apart? Do you go back to your old ways? Do you find worldly ways to soothe and comfort yourself that never work? Or do you go back to the thing that you had done previously? Praying to God, worshiping God, regardless of the circumstances. This is the thing that you need to take from this passage. God is so powerful. God can save you from literally anything, even to the point of stopping lions from eating you alive. Terrifying. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is follow after God, be faithful to God, because he will glorify himself through you if you are faithful. And you never know what that's going to look like. Daniel didn't know the outcome of this was going to be he lives, number one. And he didn't know the outcome of this was going to be the king would bless God and declare God to be God to the whole kingdom. Daniel didn't know that was going to be the outcome. Like, think about that. All Daniel knew was, God is God, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to worship him. Whether that means I prosper in this life, whether that means I am killed in this life. God is God, I'm going to worship him, I'm going to pray to him. So what habits are you developing today, whether it's the good time or the bad time, what habits are you developing today to follow after God, to seek after God, to love God, as Deuteronomy and Jesus say, with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and everything that you have. What habits are you doing today? How much are you reading? How much are you worshiping God? How much are you praising him, thanking him with gratitude in your heart and thanksgiving for the good things and the bad things? These are the questions that you have to answer. I can't answer for you. All I can do is point you to the truth. All I can do is point you to these stories. All I can do is say, hey, read this for yourself. People ask me all the time. I don't know. I don't know what God wants for me. I don't know what God wants for my life. I don't either. But I do know that he's written a lot about himself, a lot about his relationships with other people. And we can learn from that. We can read from that. Yeah, this was written to Daniel. It was written about Daniel. It was written thousand, a couple thousand few years ago. Like, but we can look at this and say, oh, the reason Daniel survived this is not because God could or couldn't shut the lines up. The reason is God wanted to be honored and used Daniel to do that. And he used Daniel because Daniel was available. Daniel was faithful. Daniel did not buckle under the pressure of even the king of the land saying, 
I'm going to kill you unless you worship me and stop worshiping your God. And Daniel said, I guess that means my fate is sealed. I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to pray as I have done previously. I'm Matt Odegaard. Thanks for choosing Church Public. God bless you as always. And like Daniel, I hope that you can keep the faith.